0: Good morning! Is there something beautiful about a really cold morning where it's bright and sunny out? No? 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 The air is clear, there's snow on the ground, it's peaceful? No? Okay, I'm, I'm in a minority here. That's fair. Uh, Oh. There's a lot going on this weekend. Uh, there, it, It's wildcard weekend for you sports ball fans. Yeah. Um, also, uh, there's a significant amount of people gone because our campus ministry is on a retreat. Um, a few weeks ago, we were in our core leadership meeting, and I was like, hey, the retreat's coming up. Nate, do you need help in the back with the kids? Because, you know, I'd be willing to go into the back with the children and take your spot. And before Nate could answer, Tim goes, actually, I'm going with them. Somebody needs to preach. I went, solid. Got you. Okay. So uh, it, there's bulletins. If you did not get a bulletin there, I see some still back there. If you still need a bulletin. Inside your bulletin, there's some, some information for you. Uh, there's a prayer card in there, uh, I, I believe. There's usually a prayer card in there. I really hope there's a prayer card in there now that I'm bringing it up. Yes, there's a prayer card in there. Thank you. Uh, if you are new to Greater Alton, it's just a way for us to uh, have prayer requests met. Um, there's uh, space to fill out your information, any needs you might have. And then another side for prayer requests, fill that out. We have a prayer team that prays over them, and it's anonymous. We don't go talking about what you need prayer for. Um, and uh, at the end of the service, there's baskets in the back. You can put those in there. Uh, our members... Give an offering each week. Uh, if you're a guest here, we're not asking you to give an offering. If you see somebody put something in that plate along with their prayer request, we wanted to come, wanted you to come here to have something. We wanted to give you something, not to get something from you. Also, in the bulletin are notes you can follow along with um, that I found for myself. Notes help because I have ADHD. L A S. Attention, deaf. Hey, look, a squirrel. And notes help me focus while somebody's talking. So if you want to follow along with notes, you're more than welcome to. You don't have to, um, but I found for me, I need to. And uh, just so you know, if you're taking notes, there's going to be a lot more scripture on the notes than there's on the screen or in your notes. Because while you all were singing and praying, I was like, oh, I should put this in there. I should put this in there. I should put that. Well, you are going to write a lot today. Um, last week, Tim kicked off our sermon series with this idea, Jesus is blank. Jesus is. We play a card game at home. Um, we bought the family edition, so don't worry. Uh, how many of you like apples to apples? Okay. Um, we bought this game called cards against humanity, the family edition, because the not family edition is not, not family. It's bad. It's bad. Don't play the not family edition, but we bought the family edition. It's like cards against humanity, but they use the word, "butt" a lot. And, um, and there's a lot of cards that say something, something blank, and then you're supposed to throw out a card. And the person who's picking picks the card that they think best fits, just like apples, apples, but it's slightly more pot, potty humor. Um, and we have a lot of fun with it. And that, when I look at this, Jesus is, and it's not just us throwing out cards and the person picking the one that best fits, right? This is what Scripture says Jesus is. It's also the theme for our church for this year. Jesus is and throughout the year we're going to be looking at aspects of Christ who Jesus actually is Last week Tim had talked about what's in a name. And so we're looking at names of Jesus right now Names are really important Really important now in our culture. I don't know how much thought your parents put into your name i honestly don't know how much thought parents put into my name I never asked But when we picked our daughter's names, we put thought into it. Like Blythe's name, Blythe Renee means joy restored. And we, Cassie put, Cassie, I say we, Cassie put a lot of thought into Blythe's name. Okay, put a lot of thought into Blythe's name. Kara, I put a lot of thought into Kara's name. I picked the name for Kara. And her name is Kara Dene. And um, Kara means joy, cheer, and delight and i th- i i put a lot of thought into that and and uh one uh, uh a pastor i i listened to his name's his daughter's name is kara and he was talking about how it was really important he wanted to name her kara i'm like that's a really great name it's a really cool name i really like the meaning of that name and her middle name's Danae. and there was a comic strip in the post dispatch at the time with this little girl named Danae who had this black cloud all around her and she was just mad all the time i was like that's a great name If you know my daughter? It kind of fits, but what I found out is "Denae" means of the people. So "Car Denae" means joy, cheer, and delight of the people. Dinius. It's pretty fun how that happened. I say I put thought into it. I really didn't. With her middle name, I thought that little girl was awesome in that comic strip. But today we're looking at Jesus is Lord, and I don't know if you've thought about the word Lord before. Or how much you've thought about the word Lord before we just read scripture and yeah, Jesus is Lord. It's what it says. But have you really thought about the meaning behind that word Lord? What does it actually mean for us? In Deuteronomy chapter 6 verses 4 through 5, this is a prayer that the Hebrew people prayed every day. It's called the Shema. Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God. The Lord alone. And you must love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. In John chapter 20, verse 28, when Jesus reveals himself to Thomas after he's been crucified, and Thomas touches the the wounds on his wrist and the wound in his side and the wound on his feet, Thomas says, my Lord and my God. I don't know if we take this word, the Lord, incredibly serious I know I don't always take this word for Jesus this name for Jesus incredibly serious and if you notice in these two passages the word Lord is kind of spelt different did you notice that in Deuteronomy Lord is all capitalized I didn't do that well I did I I copied and pasted from the Bible and put it on there and it's all capitalized it's but that's not the way i wrote it that's the way the bible translators wrote it and then in john it's capital l but lowercase o-r-d so that tells me i need to understand something about this there's something different there and what i want to talk about at first is the differences between these two words for lord so what is the difference between lord and lord well Capital L-O-R-D, Lord, reveals Jesus' deity. Did you know Jesus is God? Do you believe that Jesus is God? In John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, it says, In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness and darkness can never extinguish it. This is John talking about Jesus. Jesus is the word and the word was with God and the word was God. It is incredibly important to not only know, but to believe that Jesus is God. I was talking with somebody this week. I know um, Tim kind of challenged all of us, how often do you talk about your faith? How often do you talk about Jesus outside of this room? And uh, one of my coworkers was asking what I was doing this weekend. And I was like, well, I'm working. And then uh, we have a small group on Saturday evening. That's gonna be pretty fun. Uh Sunday morning I'm preaching and then we have a small group with our youth group group in the afternoon. And they're like, wait, you're preaching? I'm like, Yeah, I do it every once in a while. What are you preaching on? I was like, Jesus is Lord. And they're like, Oh, I was like, Yeah. And then I kind of started geeking out because I was like, there's two different words for Lord. And one means this and and one means that and I got really excited. I kept talking and she's like, Wait, Jesus is God? I was like, Oh, oh yeah. Jesus is totally God. She's like what? I go, yeah. And I quoted John chapter one, one to her. And she's like, Wait, Jesus and God are the same person? I'm like, Yes, Jesus and God are the same person. You see, it's incredibly important we understand that. Now, I know a lot of you Bible scholars are gonna read the New Testament and you're gonna be like, capital L O R D doesn't show up in the New Testament when it talks about Jesus. And you're right capital l-o-r-d does not show up in the new testament when it talks about jesus there's a reason there's a very good reason you see capital l-o-r-d refers to yahweh a hebrew word it's in the old testament the old testament's written in hebrew i could try to explain all this to you but the bible project does a so much better job and easier to understand than i do if you want to understand more of where i'm talking about how Lord is from Yahweh, and Yahweh are these other two words that are combined because they respected the name of, the, of God and they didn't want to disrespect him. There's a whole thing on it. Bible Project, go to YouTube, go to their app, I think you can get on there, maybe, I don't know. But definitely YouTube and type out Jesus Lord Bible Project. And they'll show you how we get that capital L-O-R-D and why when it's translated, they kept it. It's a respect thing for the name of God. They didn't want to misrepresent God, so they took Yahweh and Adonai and combined them and created this word, and it translated capital L-O-R-D. So when we talk about capital L-O-R-D, Lord, we're referring to Jesus' deity. Jesus is God. Do you believe that Jesus is God? I'm just going to keep saying this. Jesus is God. In John chapter 14, it's not on your screen, it's not in your notes, it's John chapter 14 verses 6 through 9. It says, Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. If you had really known me, you would know who my Father is. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. Jesus replied, have I been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? Jesus is God. Jesus and the Father are one. Jesus is God. I'm going to keep saying it. Romans 9, 4-5. through 5. They are the people of Israel chosen to be God's adopted children. God revealed his glory to them. He made covenants with them and gave them his law. He gave them the privilege of worshiping him and receiving his wonderful promises. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are their ancestors. And Christ himself was an Israelite as far as his human nature is concerned. And he is God, the one who rules over everything And is worthy of eternal praise. Amen. That was Romans nine, four through five. If we look at first John, chapter five through 20, it says, And we know that the son of God has come and he has given us understanding so that we can know the true God. And now we live in fellowship with the true God because we live in fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ. He is the only true God and he is eternal life. I hope. I have made it abundantly clear. That Jesus. Is God. And Lord. Capital L-O-R-D. Refers to Jesus' deity. Jesus. Is God. Let's look at the other Lord. Capital L. Lowercase O-R-D. When somebody says Jesus is Lord. That way. They're referring to Jesus' royalty lord refers to jesus's royalty yes jesus is god but he is also king so back in john chapter 20 verse 28 up on your notes it says my lord my god so thomas didn't say the same thing twice he didn't say my deity and my deity he said something else He said, according to the Hastings Bible Dictionary, yes, I went to a legitimate source. According to the Hastings Bible Dictionary, Thomas is is saying, my master and my deity. So my king and my God, my Lord, my God. In America, we have a hard time with this type of Lord. We have a hard time with monarchy, with kingship, with lordship, because America, we're free. Right? Land of the free, home of the brave. We dump some tea in a harbor. We didn't just say we were independent. We declared it. I can keep going. We have a hard time with lordship. Um, When I'm studying scripture with somebody, and we get to the idea of Jesus as Lord, I have to explain to them what that means. And I feel like we need to kind of talk about that this morning. Uh, I need some crowd participation. I need some crowd participation. What makes a king a king? And no Monty Python quotes. What makes a king a king? Land and people? Okay. What else? A kingdom? What? A birthright? Okay. Those are all valid answers. Those are all valid answers. What? A mandate from God? yeah what Bob a law okay so nobody said he got a sword from a woman underwater a watery tart is that what you said I said no body python quotes okay okay I'm gonna I'm gonna make it really simple I'm gonna make it really simple a king is a king because he owns everything so he's got a kingdom He's got law. He's got subjects. He's got land. He owns it all. Now, an earthly king, it can all be taken away from him, right? An earthly king, we've seen that in history. Um, When I had COVID, I started watching Great Castles of England on Netflix or something like that because it would put me to sleep. But I learned a lot. Like There was a lot of stupid stuff that happened with these castles, and That's neither here nor there, other than the fact that an earthly king can lose everything. But a king is a king because he owns everything. Jesus is our king because he owns everything. In John chapter 1, we see everything is created through Jesus. When Jesus is in front of of Pilate, he says this in John chapter 18, verse 36 through 37. My kingdom is not an earthly kingdom. If it were, my followers would fight to keep me from being handed over to the Jewish leaders. But my kingdom is not of this world. Pilate said, so you are a king. And Jesus responded, you say I am a king. Actually... I was born and came into this world to testify to the truth. All who love the truth recognize that what I say is true. And then later in first Timothy verses six or chapter six verses 13 through 15, Paul writes to Timothy referring to this conversation with Pontius Pilate. He says, and I charge you before God who gives life to all and before Christ Jesus who gave a good testimony before Pontius Pilate. That you obey this command without wavering. Then no one can find fault with you from now until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. For at just the right time, Christ will be revealed from heaven by the blessed and only almighty God. The King of kings and the Lord of lords. Jesus owns everything. He is king over all creation. Now just as in every kingdom there are rebels. There are people who don't believe they're a part of the kingdom, who don't live like they're a part of the kingdom. We have that here. Even though Jesus is king over all creation, there are forces set against his kingdom. There are people who live as if they're not a part of the kingdom. In Ephesians chapter 1, it's on your notes, verses 19 through 23. It says, I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world, But also in the world to come, God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself. Other places in scripture it tells us we cannot serve two masters. It's referring to money, but you can apply that to anything. You're not going to be able to have two masters. You're either going to hate one and love the other, or you're just going to be somewhere stuck in the middle and it's not going to be good, right? We can all agree with that. We have to choose daily. We have to choose who our king is going to be. And every day I have to wake up and I have to affirm that Jesus is my king Otherwise, I'm going to try to be my king. Every day. Scripture says you must pick up your cross and carry it every day. You have to choose every day. You have to surrender every day to your king. We Again, we have this problem in America where we're free. I'm free. We're going to be a slave to something. We're going to be a slave to something. Okay, so Jesus is God. Jesus is king. That's what Lord means. And we're done. Jesus is Lord. Right? No. No, we're not. That's great to know that. Okay? That's great to know that. But how should this affect my life? How should this look in my life? Because it's one thing to know something. That's knowledge. It's another to live it out. That's wisdom. It's another to live it out. So how should this affect my life? Well, there's two things. Two things. Number one. If Jesus is God, Jesus is in control. He's in control. We've already seen in John 1 that all things are created through Christ, and just a second ago we read in Ephesians 1 that God put everything under Jesus' authority. Do y'all still struggle with stress? I do. I still worry about stuff. Do we have the security in our life that Jesus is actually in control? Every day, I feel it a little more. Every day, I feel a little more that Jesus is in control. And that means that every day I'm surrendering a little bit more to my God and my King. But I can tell you, there have been times in my life where I was a wreck. I was so stressed out. I can tell you, um, both of our pregnancies... Both of our pregnancies were difficult, and I was a hot mess during them. I was a hot mess. I had so much trouble trusting God and his plan. Uh, Blythe's a twin. We lost the other one. I had so much trouble trusting God with my children. We almost lost car in delivery. She was stuck. Her heart rate was dropping. A hot mess. I was a hot mess. And I had so much trouble trusting God's plan. There's been financial issues with Cassie and I. And God has always provided. Why do I doubt? Why do I doubt? Because God has always provided for us. And yet there's still doubt. There's still doubt that God is actually in control. Uh, when Cassie and the girls were in a car accident, I showed somebody the pictures of it this week and they're like, how did they walk? The, like this kid T-boned Cassie's car at 45 miles an hour. Like how did they not have any injuries? I was like, eh, God's in control. And it's easy to say it now. It's so easy to say it now, because it's not happening, right? But when you're in that moment, do you really believe that Jesus is in control? That Jesus is God and 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 He works all things for good. You know, that's that's what it says in Romans 8:28. In Romans 8.28 it says, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Is it easy to believe that in the good times? It's really easy to believe it in the good times, in the time of plenty, right? But when you're hungry, and there ain't food in the pantry, when you got a bill to pay, and there ain't money in the checkbook, when your car breaks down, you ain't got another one, when your kid's sick, or your parents are sick, or you're sick, covid is it easy to believe that God is in control? No, no, it's not. I cannot stand up here and tell you it is easy to believe that Jesus is God in the hard times. But I can tell you that God will bless you if you trust him in the hard times. And I cannot tell you what that blessing is going to look like. I cannot come up here and stand up here and tell you if you put a dollar in the plate, God will bless you. That's wrong. That's a fallacy. I will say that if you trust God, God will bless you because Jesus is in control. And we have to believe that as a church family, as individuals, we have to believe that God is in control and he's going to work out for good for us who trust him and believe him. I say all that and I don't know where each of you are. I know there are people in this room and in this congregation who will be listening to this later. They're struggling right now. And they need to hear that Jesus is in control. That little kid song you sing when you're little. He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole world. It's so sweet and innocent. But when you're worried your kid's going to make it. It's so. I can't. There's no words. That feeling. Knowing that God is in control. Yes, we, we have to make decisions ourselves. Sometimes they're stupid. I mean, wrong. But God's in control. And he's going to work everything out for those who love him. For the good of those who love him. According to his purpose. That's number one, how this should affect my life. Is that God is in control. It should give you peace. I'm sure we're going to talk about that at some point. Where Jesus is... Because the prince of peace and and him being god and in control this whole week two weeks that i've been studying this out amy grant has been in my head there's a christmas song that i listened to called emmanuel 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 boom, and then it just rocks out wonderful counselor mighty god prince of peace king of kings lord of all It's just been rocking in my head. And and it's just God reminding me, hey, I got this. I'm in control. Live your life like I'm in control. Okay, okay, God, you got this. I'm going to live my life like you're in control. What's the second thing? How should this affect my life? Before it shows up on the screen, there's an exclamation point at the end of your blank. Cross out the exclamation point. Write a question mark. Cross out the exclamation point, write a question mark. Because it's less a statement and more a question. Jesus is my master? Jesus should be your master. Jesus is my master. But you need to ask yourself the question, is Jesus my master? So there's another thing that we have a problem with in America. Is I just said master, and I've used the word slave up here. Um, Ooh, that's a sensitive subject in our world, right? Oh, Mike, you know what you're getting into. Oh, I know what I'm getting to. I'm kicking the beehive. Jesus is our master or he should be. He should own us. If he is my king, that means he owns me. Yes, I said that he owns me. I am his slave. I am using all the words that could get me in trouble. I could never run for president. He is my master. First Peter five verse six says, "So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, and at the right time He will lift you up." I have to humble myself. That means I'm putting myself lower. I am lowering myself. I'm humbling myself. In uh, Luke nine twenty three, he says. Then he said to the crowd, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross daily and follow me. That doesn't sound fun. That means um, I'm doing what he says. Taking up your cross, that doesn't sound like a fun thing. Didn't Jesus die on that? Follow him, that means i got to walk the path he walked. That means i got to do what he wants. I mmm. Uh, Um, In Romans 12, verse 1, and so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice. The kind he will find acceptable. This is the this is truly the way to worship him. To sacrifice myself. (sighs) Jesus is my master. Is he yours? And what does that look like? That means you do the will of the king because the king owns you. I mean, you can think about mo- how movies portray kings or like the queen of hearts, off with her head. Cause she didn't do what the queen wanted. Jesus isn't that kind of king. He's loving and forgiving, full of grace. He knows we're going to screw up. He knows we're going to do stuff our way. Often I do things the way I want to do them when I want to do them. I fail often. And God forgives me. He loves me as his child, not as his slave, even though I am. You see, in Bible times, you could sell yourself into slavery to pay off a debt. And once the debt was paid off, you were set free. It was a way to pay off your debt. Just think about your credit cards right now and how long you'd have to sell yourself into slavery for. Uh, some of you, it's like a week. Some of you are like, oh, not a week. Um, and, but when the debt's paid off, when you've worked your debt off, you're free. But while you were a slave, it was the master's responsibility to take care of you because you were owned by the master. Therefore, all of your problems are the master's problems. What? You're hungry? I need to feed you because I want to get work out of you. i got to keep feeding you so you can keep working. If the master doesn't feed you, the master doesn't get the product, right? It's the master's problem what you don't have a place to sleep I need to find a place for you to sleep because if you don't sleep i'm not going to get work out of you It's the master's problem. So they would sell themselves into slavery and they would be set free when the debt was paid now there came time when After living with their master they found that their life with the master was far better than their life Not with the master So the master made a better life for them as their slave they lived better as slaves than they did as free people and they could choose to remain slaves to their master that is weird in America because we didn't have that but they did and these these slaves could go to their master and say we want to be yours forever we want to be yours as long as we have breath and the master would take them to the doorpost and put a nail through their ear. Pierced their ear. And that showed that they were the masters for life. That didn't just mean they were slaves. Slaves were a part of the household. They were a part of the master's household. The master took care of them. They were family. Almost. Not quite. They weren't born into the family. But you know if the master's going to take care of them like that. If I'm taking care of somebody like that. I'm not going to look at them like a piece of property look at them like they're part of my household we've had people live with us they were family I treated them as such I can tell you from experience personal experience that my life as a slave to my master is far better than my life before far better Jesus, as my king and my master and my God, is far better than living apart from him. Do you want to be free? Do you want to be adopted into God's family? You cannot free yourself from slavery any more than you can choose the family you were born into. You can't free yourself from slavery any more than you can choose the family you were born into. By yourself, you are hopeless. We are hopeless by ourselves. That's where Jesus comes in. Jesus not only offers us immediate freedom from sin, but he also provides us adoption into a new family. God's family. And he doesn't free us from sin just to be recaptured later like Pharaoh did with the Israelites. He offers permanent freedom from sin. You see, Pharaoh tried to recapture Israel. But Jesus invites us to cross through the river of death, much like the Israelites crossed through the Red Sea. He calls us to join God's family. And when you do, it's not only adoption into a new family, it's salvation. It's Jesus as Lord, both God and Master. Salvation is the demonstration of God's inescapable love for you through the complete and perfect work of His Son, Jesus. The work of Jesus is to totally set us free from self-imposed slavery. Like I said, you're going to choose what master you serve. You're going to be a slave to something. And either we're a slave to sin or a slave to Christ. And he's going to set us free from that self-imposed slavery. And he's going to continually refine us to become both his salt and his light. To be his disciples. And we'll be fully adopted as joint heirs with Jesus. This call is to everybody. Not just the people who go to church. Not just the people who've grown up in church. But if you're somebody here, you have no idea what I'm talking about. None you're like mike you just said a lot of big words you talked about slavery you talked about salvation and adoption I'm i'm grown. I don't need to be adopted. You do you do we all need to be adopted into god's family There are people here who are willing to share with you what i'm talking about And, it, and there are people who can speak a lot more clearly than I can They can speak to you And if you're somebody here and you want to know what i'm talking about talk to somebody that brought you invited you Who's sitting next to you and we'd love to open up scripture And show you what I'm talking about. You see, salvation is being supernaturally freed from slavery to adoption. And you can have that today. You can have that freedom that comes with being a slave to Christ. I said that. I know what I said. It sounds not right, but it totally is. You can be set free by becoming a slave to Christ. It's like jumbo shrimp. But it's true. We can be set free by becoming a slave to Christ. He is our God and he should be our master. And and I'm leaving you with this question this morning. Is Jesus your Lord? Look at your life. Those of you who have sat in this church longer than I have, look at your life. Is Jesus my Lord? I want to read to you from Romans chapter 6. And I'm going to jump around, but it's Romans 6. It's a great chapter. Read it. It says this or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ in baptism, we joined in his death for we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the father, now we also may live new lives. Since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. We know our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin for when we died with christ We were set free from the power of sin and since we died with christ We know we will also be able to live with him We are sure of this because christ was raised from the dead and he will never die again Death no longer has any power over him When he died he died once to break the power of sin, but now that he lives he lives for the glory of god So you also should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. Well, then, since God's grace has set us free from the law, does that mean we can go on sinning? Of course not. Don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. Thank God. Once you were slaves of sin, but now you are now you wholeheartedly obey his teaching we have given you. Now you are free from your slavery to sin, and you have become slaves to righteous living. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the obligation to do right. And what was the result? You were now ashamed of the things you used to do, things that end in eternal doom. But now you are free from the power of sin and have become slaves of God. Now you do those things that lead to holiness. And result in eternal life. For the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God. Is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Where are you this morning? Do you believe Jesus is God? Do you believe and trust him that he is your master? If you do, great. Keep keep on. Keep trusting him. Keep building that faith. If you don't know is Jesus God? Is Jesus my master? Is he my Lord? I encourage you, maybe write a note on that prayer request and 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 check one of the boxes that says, I would like a personal Bible study and put it in the in the basket. Somebody will contact you and ask, hey, do you want to do this? When do you want to meet? Talk to somebody sitting next to you. Hey, I have a question about what Mike just said. He said a lot of stuff and I'm having trouble processing it. That's me whenever I have a deep you can ask Alan when we have deep conversations. It's like three days later I'm calling him like hey when you said this and uh, because I have to process stuff And that's fine But I encourage you don't let it just sit Don't let it just sit Start today choose today whom you're going to follow Because life is so much better With jesus as lord Let's pray Emily, Father, thank you so much. Thank you so much for your son, for the sacrifice he made, for him making a way for us to come to you to say you are my God, you are my Lord, just like Thomas did. God, I pray for the people hearing this lesson, whether they're here, whether they're at home, listening online, that you can work in their lives and just like that first song we sang today, that you reign in their lives, Father, that you are their king their master, that you are their God. I pray for the people who have doubts this morning, that you that you work in their heart, that you send people to talk to them, that they're not afraid of their doubts, that they're open about their doubts, and that they can talk to people about you and that they can find you, Father, and find the answers that they seek. Father, I pray that you bless those who seek you and honor you, Father, and just be with this church, God, as we try to honor you. We love you. It's in your name I pray. Amen.